sit and join the shade. Good evening, happy Sunday, and welcome to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design in St. Louis Park. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to help you kill your Sunday early evening with some booze and conversation. Each week right here on AM 950 and via podcast, we will be having conversations with guests from the world of interior design or architecture or some such associated industry uh, Industry while enjoying cocktails created by our good friend, Mr. Jordan Morris from Mill Valley Kitchen. Jordan, welcome to the program. Thank you very much, sir. I'm happy to be here as always. Uh, it's always a joy to have you. It really is. Partially because you always bring booze, but partially you're just a delightful fella. Well, thank you. My pleasure. All right, so if you're a listener here in uh, Minnesota, you know that we have been suffering through an insanely long, seemingly endless winter. Lake Minnetonka, which had been open and ice-free for a week already at this time last year, remains frozen. Snow is on the ground. It's continued to fall well into April. Basically, this has been a tough one. So... We are veering off our usual guest list this evening, and instead of talking about interior design or art, we're just saying to hell with it. And we are talking to someone about warmth and vacation and something that makes us forget that we live in the North. Um, our guest this evening is local independent travel advisor, Tony Swerzak from GoTrav. Tony, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Well, it's great to have you here, and I'm sure we were all wishing we were somewhere else because uh, this has really, really sucked. It's been long. I, I haven't fact-checked this now, but someone did tell me that our Easter was colder than our Christmas this year. Seriously? I, I believed it, but I haven't quest- I haven't checked it yet. Oh, my God. It wouldn't surprise me at all. It's no. just it's just been absolutely, absolutely endless and, and just gets <laughs> colder and colder. And it's the Godfather thing. Every time we think we're out, yeah. winter pulls us back in. Yeah. But uh, nevertheless, it's uh, it's the fact of life. We live in Minnesota. We've chosen it. We've chosen to live in the North. And by the way, uh, Jordan, do you do you like to refer to us as the North instead of the Midwest? Are you up on that whole trend in Minnesota? Yeah, I like referring to us as the North. It, it kind of scares uh, everybody else in the rest of the country because they all just refer us to Minnesota as that place up by Canada. And, you know, we don't want the rest of the country to know how, how awesome Minnesota can be. Obviously, we're getting a little twitchy here now by the end of this winter, but... It's starting to, yeah, yeah. Eventually, it's it's gonna it's gonna break us all. But as long as we can survive, it'll be through there. I mean, it's the Game of Thrones things, right? Yeah, yep. that's the North. Problem is, winter's not coming. Winter's just always freaking here. Yep. Oh, I wonder if I say that. Anyway, Tony, do you like referring to us as the North? Uh, the bold North. The bold North. Got a little frustrated with that one over the Super Bowl. Uh, Canceled the Twins game yesterday, and it was thirty-seven degrees. It's uh, it is a uh, 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 price of of living here. There's nothing you can do about it. All right, quick, Mr. Swarzak, you've been all over the place. If you were somewhere other than Minnesota right now, where would you be? I know it's ubiquitous, but I would say Hawaii. Hawaii, really? It's beautiful. The weather's always perfect. You can't go wrong with Hawaii. It's not a bad. It's a long flight, though. It's a long flight, but it's 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 a great destination. It is. What's your favorite island? Gets a little boring. Um, I mean, talking about it gets a little boring. Everybody comes up with Hawaii. <laughs> That's why I say ubiquitous. But uh, I would say uh, the Big Island is my favorite. Outstanding. All right. Well, that would be going west, I suppose. But for our cocktail, Mr. Morris is going to be taking us due south. Jordan, tell us what you are going to be cooking up for us this evening. Well, we're going to Brazil today, and we're going to be making the national cocktail of Brazil, the Caipirinha. And this is a very simple cocktail, but it is very well celebrated with their uh, national spirit, uh, cachaça. 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 That is a fun word to say. It really is. So is Caipirinha. Caipirinha. I can only keep one bizarre, exotic (laughs) word in my head at all times, and I'm going to go with cachaça. Perfect. Cachaça. And, you know, if you call it uh, a Brazilian-style rum, uh, some Brazilians, I've been told, will get mad at you because it's not technically uh, made in the fashion of rum, even though it's similar. It's, it is made from sugarcane, uh, but instead of the molasses of sugarcane, which traditionally rum is, uh, uses, we're using the fresh juice from sugarcane, and then that is uh, fermented and distilled. So is molasses is, is basically boiled down sugar... Cane yep. juice or yeah, something? Yeah, it's kind of like the byproduct from some processing that's going on, and that's what's 
you have uh, the white refined um, sugar cane that's going to come out, and then you have the molasses left over. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I understand, my basic knowledge of, of sugar cane processing, but I'm always twisting Jordan for uh, more details <laughs> than he's ever able to provide. But I'm I don't believe molasses always has to be brown. Oh yeah, that's why you're getting a, a white liquor here. Right, right, right. Well, this is from the juice, but yeah, you, I mean, rums, you know, still. But what still is white. the juice of of sugar cane? I mean, it's not a fruit. I mean, if you squeeze a sugar cane, will it eventually begin to bleed? I'm sure it's going to involve some serious crushing and and squeezing. Yeah, but uh, the juice then, without any refinement, is then uh, uh, distilled, and it gives a really fun, bright, kind of grassy, uh, fresh uh, flavor. Almost to me, uh, this Leblon uh, brand kind of has a mix between like a white rum and almost a tequila vibe to it. It's a really strange flavor. I've yeah, it's unique. A lot of liquor. We did a little bump before we started the show, as is uh, traditional. Yes, exactly. Um, and I've never tasted anything quite like this, and I'd never even heard of it. So I'm excited to hear uh, how this cocktail goes. Yep. Uh, what are the ingredients? All right. So we are using two ounces of the Leblon Cachaça. Uh, Pick whatever uh, variety you like, whatever's in your price range. They're all going to have a little bit of different nuances. And we're going to use some fresh muddled lime. What kind of price range are we talking about? Uh, I think this LeBlone here was around $18, 18 19 for uh, seven fifty. Can't complain about that. Not terrible. No, it can it can definitely get higher than that. But that's this is a good quality cachaça here. And it says, and it is a product of Brazil. Is it gluten-free? You know, I have no idea. I've got to imagine, though. I had, I had somebody over uh, mm-hmm. the other day and uh, offered them some tequila, and she said as long as it's pure agave and not uh, uh, a blend, because that would have gluten. Uh-huh. So we have a disclaimer on that. All right, well, uh, Jordan is going to mix this up. We're going to introduce a little bit of cocktail mixing music. Brett, why don't you start a little background? Perfect. Nice, easy vacation music coming up. So I've got... For when you're making a cocktail on an elevator. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's lighten it up a little bit here. There we go. Perfect. There's the beat I like. Okay, I've got half of a lime uh, cut into quarters in my uh, mixing glass. I'm going to add a half ounce of simple syrup, which is one-to-one ratio of sugar and water boiled together. And we're going to muddle that. Now, you can use uh, whole sugar crystals if you like as well. I recommend uh, a super fine sugar because this is not going to get uh, pretty that intense of a shake. Um, so you want it to blend really well. So we're going to muddle this really, really heavily because we want all that juice. We want this to really brighten up the cocktail. And the benefit of muddling the lime versus um, using fresh lime juice is you're going to get all those natural oils out of that, that lime zest as well. So I am very well muddled now. My half ounce of simple syrup. I'm going to add two ounces of the cachaça. Half an ounce of simple syrup. Two ounces of cachaça. 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 Tony, say it with us. Cachaça. Cachaça. I like that. Perfect. Going to add some ice. As we're running through. There we go. I'm going to give this a quick shake. All right. Radio theater. Give it the shake. Right. And we're going to keep that, and we're going to use all that ice and pour it right into our lowball glass here. Oh, my goodness. So the lime is coming out, the whole mix. All right. Well, we're going to go to break quickly. Uh, as soon as we come back, we are going to be enjoying the national beverage of Brazil with travel agent Tony Swerzak. You're listening to Drink in the Style. Hi, friends. I've been talking to you about Minnesota's first green cemetery, Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. It's an entirely new way of looking at our last earthly step. Burials are designed to have as little impact on the environment as possible. For many of us, a continuation of the commitment we made during our lifetimes. Let me suggest you go to the website, mngreengraves.com. Explore what it is. Prairie Oaks Memorial Eco Gardens. It's a lovely place, a peaceful place. Minnesota's first green cemetery. Hi, Gregory Rich, host of Drink in the Style, right here on AM950. If you're a small business owner like me, I know you're buried in paperwork. State tax filing, sales tax, property tax, insurance, it never ends. But what about payroll? I'd like to recommend ADP. ADP can handle all of your payroll needs, ranging from direct deposit to unemployment insurance. And they've got great local representatives as well. Why don't you give my rep, Shelby Logue, a call at 320-420-0900. Kevin Ross here, inviting you to our brand new store called Ombibulous. What does Ombibulous mean? 
It means one who enjoys alcoholic beverages of all sorts. Ambibulous is a Minnesota maker's market. Unlike traditional liquor stores, we feature only craft beer, wine, and spirits made here in Minnesota. We are ready to guide your selections, where you can build your own four or six packs. Find us at 949 Hennepin Avenue East in Northeast Minneapolis or online at ambibulousmn.com. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Designer Rehab Furniture Outlet and host of Drink in the Style, Sundays at 5 p.m. right here on AM 950. You can find premium quality furnishings at Designer Rehab as we speak. Rehab is accepting and selling gently used sofas, chairs, tables, and more at outstanding savings. Come check out the showroom at 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Inventory is always changing and deals are available every day. Designer Rehab, it's only a matter of time. The Spring St. Paul Art Crawl, presented by the St. Paul Art Collective, will be running April 27th, 28th, and 29th. This is a must-do experience that you will love. Over the weekend, you'll have the chance to explore a wide variety of art while touring through local artist studios, lofts, and galleries, hosting over 350 artists. Up for purchase will be paintings, photography, pottery, sculpture, fiber arts, and more. The Art Crawl sprawls over 34 locations. Join the Art Crawl and discover outstanding art for you to own. When you buy local art, you're providing to artists so that they may continue to create the art we love. The Metro Transit is supporting the local art community with free transit passes. Download your pass to ride buses and light rail for free during the Art Crawl. Be sure to get details at thesaintpaulartcrawl.org. That's thesaintpaulartcrawl.org. South of the border, down Mexico way. That's where I fell. Welcome back to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Minneapolis's coolest furnishing store and design studio, Habitation Furnishing and Design in St. Louis Park. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and our guest this evening is Tony Swerzak, travel agent extraordinaire. We're enjoying a Caipirinha, which is the national drink of Brazil. It is a citrus forward. Uh, cachaça based. Can we say it all again? Cachaça. Cachaça. Cachaça based drink, uh, which is served in an old fashioned glass. And uh, its claim to fame, its most important, interesting bit of information is that it is derived from sugar cane juice, something nobody knew existed until Jordan <laughs> just told us. That. And again, whoever has the job of sitting there juicing the sugar canes is is going to have an interesting background. Um, all right. And so, strong hands. Very strong hands. You're exactly right. I mean, again, are there udders on the sugar cane? Nobody knows. How it happens, it's, it's a complete mystery. Yeah. Uh, but we should all point out that the, the, the cachaça is a powerful liquor. What is the proof on the cachaça? I think it's... Uh 80%, or excuse me, 80 proof, 40%? No, that's not bad. That's not bad. It's very friendly. It doesn't have a strong alcohol taste to it. No, it does have a, a sweetness to it. Uh, yep, it's 40% alcohol. So play around with the level of sugar you use, um, uh, more or less depending on your taste and depending on the the cachaça itself. Uh, they're going to vary in the sweetness there. So we've got a half ounce in ours, but you can go anywhere from a quarter to a full ounce. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Well, we're going to try it in a second. But before we do, very quickly, Jordan, I know there's some cool stuff going on at Mill Valley Kitchen in the bar section. Tell us what you have going on. We changed every single one of our specialty cocktails. We got a brand new list and, dare I say, one of the best, most balanced lists we've had. Uh, we keep it seasonal just like our, our food menu. So we've got a great spring list. I know it hasn't felt like spring lately, but we're, we're going we're gonna to will it to happen with some great spring cocktails, some spirit-forward ones, some light and bright ones as well. Uh, some for everybody. Come check it out. Yeah, it's, uh, I was taking a look at it. There is some some really good stuff to uh, to participate in. And yes, spring has sucked, plain and simple. That's why we have Tony Swerzak here. So Tony, first, try the cocktail. Tell us what your thoughts are relative to some of the other South American cocktails that you have enjoyed in the past. Uh, he's raised it to his lips. He's enjoying it. Quick, give me one descriptor. Pisco Sour. It's like a Pisco Sour. Or a Pisco Sour, however you choose to pronounce that. Uh, it's very refreshing, citrusy. I and, like it. And what is a Pisco Sour? It's a national drink of Peru. And of it's Peru. usually, I think, made with an egg 
yolk or uh, an egg white. Yeah, in the, in the yeah, uh, an egg yolk uh, or excuse me, egg white. Yeah, for that a frothy style. Always listed in the recipe, but always listed as optional. But I go for it every time. It's. I love. You know. I, I, there's a place called El Rincon in uh, in Arizona mm-hmm. that has their own you know margarita that they that they create, and that was the first place I went that they actually used a uh, an egg white to create the emulsification. We talked about this once before. In the margarita. In the margarita. Oh, fun. And it was so good. It was like so creamy. Brett, have you enjoyed your uh, your caipirinha in the sound booth? I will give it a try right here. I'm looking forward to it though. All we right. could have passed that off as a margarita, I believe. Is it it's similar enough? Very I haven't tried similar it yet. to a margarita. Yeah, well, it does have uh, some of that tequila notes to it, with some of that kind of grassy, uh, herbaceous qualities going on. Which is interesting because the uh, the cachaça does not taste anything like tequila. I, see, I almost disagree. I think it has a little bit of that. that really? Fact. I mean, it's it's subtle though. It's like a rum tequila blend. That's that's kind of how I feel it is. It's but... raquilla. <laughs> Brett, what do you think? Are you still standing? I am very citrusy. I like this. It's it's kind of perfect when you're just sick of winter right now and you want something that tastes warm. So yeah. you'll, appre- you'll appreciate <laughs> it if you're well, tropical. That's what I'm looking yeah, for. If yeah, if you're somewhere warm or you're imagining like we are right now that you're mm-hmm. somewhere very warm. All right, I'm going to imagine I'm somewhere warm. Just checking it out. And this is a base recipe, so feel free to customize this any way you want. With other fruit, I've made it with watermelon and tarragon, berries. Uh, you can really go a million directions with this. So we just uh, a base cocktail. This is this is uh, this is. Uh, I'm not going to call it a boat drink because that implies that you've got an umbrella in it. <laughs> but it is definitely a vacation drink. Something that's citrus and tasty and delicious. All right, I like it. I like it. Everyone, uh, to our listeners at home, Salute. we strongly endorse the cachaça-based caipirinha. If for no reason other than you get to say everybody all at once. Cachaça. Cachaça. I'll tempt it too. Awesome. All right, while we're enjoying our cocktail, Tony, you have been some really interesting places. We've talked about, you know, uh, Thailand, and we've talked about Vietnam. We've talked about uh, your trips out to uh, South America and haven't even touched on Africa and your climbing. But of all those spots, give us a quick story. Tell us something that's going to make us smile while we're enjoying our cocktail. Well, uh, and this just happened to me fairly recently here. I was on a on a trip to Ecuador. We were in the Ecuadorian jungle, about uh, an hour plane ride, a two-hour bus ride, and a three-hour canoe upriver to an eco-lodge. Very beautiful. So you're canoeing into the Just deepest... south of the Colombian border, Ecuadorian Amazon. We're at an eco-lodge. Somebody finds a tarantula in their room. <laughs> the guide brings it out shows it to everybody and lets the tarantula walk away up the little little beam structure to the, the hut we were in going to have dinner. Did you take your eyes off the tarantula at all or did we you just We forgot much... about the tarantula. You for... I would not forget about a tarantula. I thought you were going to This tell is me not a made it. up story and this was a personal vacation. I was with my girlfriend. She is about to take a bite of her soup. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And plop. The tarantula <laughs> dropped on the bun in her hair. <laughs> Guy looks, the whole table looks, everybody freaks out. She has this just, she froze. It's a good move. That he is... grabbed it, he took it off her head, and she just left. Oh didn't my freak God. out, she didn't do anything. It was one of the most proud moments I had of her. Yeah. That is, yeah, that is, uh, we were talking about this vacation, and, and you said you were, you were canoeing in, and, you know, what, you were, you were about five minutes into the rainforest when you saw your first eight-foot snake or something like that, slithering. Okay. Anaconda, my first anaconda. That was one of the reasons I really wanted to get into the Amazon. It's kind of one of the, everybody ties their list. I, I wanted to really see an anaconda in the jungle, and I got to see a few of them. I really the vacation. Look, I understand. There's some people that enjoy this adventure. You do a lot of adventure. You are a bold, bold man. I prefer laying on a beach. I would like my experiments being and 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 you know the the different flavors of cocktails and not the number of creatures that can kill me while I sleep. But uh, for the for the for the right type of person, that's a that's a great experience. For me, it's literally a definition of of hell. See, I would love it. I mean, I would have screamed 
very loud with that tarantula, but that's the kind of vacation that I would get into. I Don't get me wrong. I enjoy relaxing with a cocktail on the beach, but life's short, you know. Well, and it'd be even shorter, even with, shorter with, 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 with tarantulas <laughs> and anacondas. No, I would have been screeching like a four-year-old girl. There's no question about it. I've I, known Greg for a long time, and I think he, he's probably correct with that statement. Yeah, absolutely. An immortal fear of, uh, of snakes. Uh, nevertheless, again, with enough cocktails, you can get through almost anything. Um, once again, a quick reminder that you are listening to Drink in the Style with me, Gregory Rich, on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Drink in the Style is brought to you in part with the help of Coach Nick Pelly at Golf Tech in Minnetonka. Personalized golf instruction with state-of-the-art teaching technologies. Mr. Pelly's expert instruction and focus on consistency in your game will give you the confidence that you need every time you touch the golf ball. Thank you so much. We'll be back right after these words from uh, a bunch of sponsors. Oh, but he watches so sadly. This is Bill McLeslie, owner of IP House in Minneapolis. Many businesses don't know their cloud server is unsupported until they actually need support. It takes only one bad experience in dealing with the big name providers to see why I started IP House. We provide support no matter which cloud you're on, theirs or ours. Our staff is located right here in the Twin Cities and is on call 24 hours a day. And if you don't want the cloud, we can help you there too. Call us, 612-337-6337. Gus Modern out of Toronto, Canada has crushed the Twin Cities market with their amazingly refined blend of mid-century and contemporary furniture styles. It's kind of Scandinavian, it's kind of clean, it's, it's just plain cool. And the fact is that Gus Modern is an affordable, delightful product line. We've got all of it for you to take a look at habitation furnishing and design on Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Come on in and check it out or go to GusModern.com. With spring, it's car wash season. Thank goodness for the Luther Advantage program from Rudy Luther Toyota. Not only do I save 10 cents off per gallon of gas at Holiday Station stores, but I also get big discounts on car washes. And with free two years of maintenance with every new Toyota purchased, I can get my oil change and spring service done with the best service and maintenance department at Rudy Luther Toyota. Clear your spring checklist with great service from Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style right here on AM 950. Hey, I've only got a few seconds, so here's the deal. Habitation is the coolest furniture store in town. Not only have we got some of the most exceptional furniture in the cities, but in many cases, Habitation can offer you store credit on your existing furniture. Stop in, talk to one of our designers, and let us help you make your home exceptional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. There's no question you need omega-3s. But which form should you take? Fish oil or krill oil? Scientists have debated this for years. Luckily, there's a new solution to satisfy everyone. It's called Krill Omega 50+. It combines ultra-pure fish oil and joint-soothing krill oil together in just one tiny pill. It's so powerful, it can promote the health of your heart and your arteries. And if that wasn't enough, it can also boost your joint comfort in just days. We're so sure Krill Omega 50 Plus will work for you. We'll even send you a free bottle to put to the test. The debate is over. It's not fish oil or krill oil. It's both. And now it's free. Just pay $4.95 for shipping and claim your free bottle. Call now. 1-800-647-1579. 1-800-647-1579. That's 1-800-647-1579. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah. Street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Was on the Isle of Capri that I found her Beneath the shade of an old walnut tree 
I can still see the flowers blooming around where we met on the Isle of Capri. Welcome back to Drink in the Style, a one-hour conversation about interior design, aesthetics, and related subjects. And this week... In honor of this miserable spring we've all had to endure in Minnesota, we are talking with Tony Swerzak about vacationing in warm places. We'll probably branch out. Welcome back, Tony. Good to be here. Good to be here. And uh, to our listeners, if you happen to hear ice being shaken in the background, uh, co-host Jordan Morris, very nice, is creating a second round. We have found the uh, cocktail so refreshing that we've decided we need another set. Please forgive our behavior in segment four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's wise, and you're absolutely right. What's the famous line? Remember, it's not slurring your words. It's talking in cursive, and it is elegant. Oh, I thought I was wording my slur, but... <laughs> that's segment five. Oh, sorry. Ossifer. All right, so Tony, good luck. It, it has been a miserable spring. We all know this. We've been beaten on it. Everybody talks about it, but it does seem exceptionally difficult uh, to get through it. Let's look forward to next year. Okay. In case this happens again, it's time to start thinking about planning a vacation way, way ahead of, uh, of schedule. Consistency. If we were to look ahead, where would you recommend we book a trip that will, as close as you can, guarantee nice, warm, sunny, pleasant weather in April? In April, things are, things are opening up in April. And, you know, travel's personal, but... Uh, if you talk, uh, you get a week or two after uh, the spring break season, it's a, it's a great time to travel. Florida is really nice. Your national parks in southern Utah are really opening up. Arizona is not too hot yet. Lots of nice domestic you know, places. Palm Springs. Some of the areas that might be too hot in the dead of July, great places to travel in April. What about international? Let's say we want to go South Pacific. You know, like I said earlier, Hawaii's always got perfect weather. You know, South Pacific is, is always going to be, weather-wise, pretty decent. You're dealing with rainy seasons is really your issue there. Um, you know, northern South America, it's it's spring. And, and you get into southern South America, and you're dealing with fall. Could be in Patagonia and watching the leaves turn. It is true. What's going on in Argentina in April? It's it's the beginning of their fall. It's the beginning of their fall, nevertheless. All right. Well, I mean, you know, it's uh, it, it's it's one of those things. Where does one go? And uh, you're thinking if you want to stay domestic, plenty of options. Arizona is a lot always of consistent. Palm Springs. I love the southern Utah area. It's What's the one Caribbean? of my is most it, favorite areas? Is it the rainy mm -hmm. time of year in the Caribbean in April? Depends on where you go. I mean. Mexico is starting to warm up and a little more consistent. I think, I think your rain is moving in, uh, in some areas, but uh, you're at the beginning of hurricane season too. Once you hit June, that's a good point. That's a good. There's, there's no absolute perfect. There's why you, giveth and taketh away. You consider travel insurance once in a while. <laughs> do you do you use travel insurance? Is that something you'd recommend for your clients? You know, I, I always recommend travel insurance. Um, do you want to insure your trip or your flight? Um, I don't necessarily think you need to do that. But if you're doing something active and adventurous, you want to have some basic uh, medical evacuation. You want to know what your personal insurance covers. So you're talking. So you're not talking about the insurance where if you have to cancel your flight, you get that flight cost back or hotels. You're and you can about... insure that. I mean, you certainly can insure that if you want. But if I'm going on vacation, I typically insure myself much more than I insure aspects of my trip. Okay. So in other words, if you, get, if you get hurt, if you get uh, uh, injured while you're doing something, that's what the, the insurance that you're talking yeah, your about. Your evacuation, you're getting yourself back to the U.S. Mm -hmm. at a minimum cost. Yeah, that makes sense. How much uh, does that generally cost? Do you have any idea? You can get a reasonable plan with uh, half a million dollars of medical evac for, for probably a, a few a few percentage points of what you spend on a trip. So you might be able to do it for 60 or $80 on a, on a two-week vacation if that's all you're insuring. 
Interesting. And that makes sense, especially given the type of, of vacation. Now, I know, for example, that, uh, that you're a climber as well. And uh, you've taken uh, trips out to uh, Kilimanjaro. Done and Kilimanjaro. Recently done some uh, Ecuadorian volcanoes. So now that, I think, is a no-brainer to do some kind of, of Obviously, I had, uh, I had insurance on those trips. <laughs> That's a solid plan. Yes, yes. I mean, do you carry a card? I mean, so you're stuck on the side of a mountain. Somebody comes up, and the first thing they ask you is if you were going into an HMO. All right, before we pull you off the side of this mountain, can we see your insurance card? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> how it happens. Just fill out these forms, you and the crevasse. Uh, <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um, all right, climber. So that that's interesting stuff. You, you had mentioned climbing. What's your definition, or what, do you, what does he say about climbing? Well, you know, when... When people hear the word climber, they just picture a guy on a vertical wall. And that's just what they picture. And I, I always say 90% of climbing is walking uphill. And uh, and 10% is, is, or 3% is climbing, and then 7% is 7 rolling the heck down. 7% is bitching about being tired. Can I say that? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, um, I think so. Brad, can you say that? <laughs> yeah, he's nodding yes. Okay, we're good. No beeps. Um, but, you know, I, I think I told you, in Europe, they, they have a term. It's called hill walking. You had mentioned that. Okay, so... Mountaineering. I, I enjoy getting to the top of peaks. You know, I'm not... I don't do a lot of... Uh, a lot of big wall climbing. Certainly, I do enough climbing involved with crampons and ice axes and various things like that. Some roped up climbing. And, all right, so hill climbing, I do like hill that walking. term. Hill walking, sorry. Hill walking as you're going up. So even if you're in the Alps, if if you're speaking to a, a Viennese guy, he's got the green hat with the feather, he's going to tell you he is heading to uh, the Matterhorn to do some hill walking? Uh, the Matterhorn's a little more technical than hill walking. Okay, so there is a layer and a, a level. There, there is a level, there is a level. But mm -hmm. if somebody really wants to experience mountain climbing... We have a lot of options right here in the U.S. I can go to Colorado, and there's 54 14ers out there. 14ers. What's a 14er? It's a 14,000-foot peak. Okay. Um, and it's it's really, there's some really popular ones that, if you really want to see what it's all about, you can climb a mountain. You know, you can find out what it's like to spend 12 hours on a trail walking up 6,000 vertical feet, coming back down. It'll give you some idea. Everybody wants to go to Kilimanjaro. And do some of these things mm -hmm. without realizing what they're getting into. So you start out with a fourteener, a little fourteener. You do a little, you do a little mountain walking on a fourteener, walking, and that gives you a sense. How how what level of fitness do you need to have in order to conquer a fourteener? You know, it's it's and, hard to say because I've been I've been passed by some old guys with tennis balls on their walkers. I mean, it's <laughs> uh, mountains are surprising down. because altitude plays a different game with everybody. So, um, I would recommend obviously some level of fitness. Um, you're not going to want to go out there and not know what you're going in, you know, getting into. Understand so terrain and avalanches. And relatively healthy, relatively in the club, maybe once or twice a week and, and work out. You might jog. You don't break a sweat going up a few flights of stairs. Can you tackle a 14er? Or you can tackle a 14er. You can tackle a 14er. You can so tackle an easy 14er. Can you carry a cocktail shaker up a 14er without too much danger to yourself or others? Uh, yes, yes, you can. I mean, there's marriages that happen on top of 14ers. An entire orchestra has brought in their instruments up 14ers. Really? Uh, some of the people, the ironing, there's a big, remember this internet thing maybe 15 years ago? People were bringing their ironing boards everywhere. No. Extreme ironing, they called ironing. it. Are you, you remember kidding? that? Yeah, yeah. And they would. Is that a I, thing, Jordan? Do you know about this? I have no idea, but I love the idea. So they would bring their ironing board up on on a mountaintop and then get a picture of themselves ironing. And the theory behind this was. Don't ask me. I've never extreme iron. Where did they plug the iron in? Well, they're just ironing. Maybe they <laughs> they brought That's up their old. jet boil and heated it up. Old school, just your non-electric iron and heat it over the fire. And and there you go. Interesting. Well, I guess it beats the Tide Pod challenge or whatever that's necessarily called on the uselessness scale. It's benign versus poisonous. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, <laughs> so you're climbing 14 years. You're out in Colorado. It's a good place so to start. It's a good place if you just really want to experience it. If you're out there. Give us the name of one 14er that you recommend in Colorado. 
Well, there's a lot of them, but I mean, there's some really easy ones like uh, Mount Beerstead is probably one of the the easiest, or Gray's Peak, Tories, uh, Mount Evans. Uh, there's there's some really there's some nice peaks that, outside of being able to walk, we call a Class One trail. You got a trail right to the summit. Interesting. So then straight, boom. No, no need for independent boots thought. and a little uh, little time on your watch, and you're good. All right. Well, that's awesome. All right, look, this is a show about interior design and what have you. So very quickly, what is the coolest lobby that you have seen in uh, in your travels? And what makes for a good hotel room lobby? Well, I, you know, I get a little bored with some of the uh, the nicer hotels. I like a little grit in my travel, to be honest with you. But Motel uh, 6 Kilimanjaro. No, <laughs> not Motel 6. Um, and, and by grit, I don't mean uh, not nice. Mm-hmm. But my locale. You know, I'd much rather be roaming around in Ecuador than, than let's say, uh, the Palm Desert, mm-hmm. you know, where everything's nice and pretty. And possibly have a tarantula carrying your bags up to your uh, cabana. cabana. But I would say the open air, the open air lobbies, the large open air lobbies. I mean, I've been in some, mm-hmm. some lobbies in the Serengeti or the Grimetti Game Reserve where you can, you're, you're, 75 miles away from there is road mm-hmm. and you're looking out and you're watching gazelle and zebra and maybe drinking a pisco sour or one are the what are these things called uh the kyperinia the kyperinia i don't think they know what that was but i was trying to it was switch nice. back to the you're you're, you're 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 totally into the pisco sour i enjoyed those those are <laughs> fantastic you did yeah. all right yes or no mexico right now what do you think uh, it's a decision based upon your family. I I would go to Mexico. You would I go. have no issues. But I have had clients recently cancel. So I understand. I can't tell them not to cancel. I mean, there are the travel warnings out there. The U.S. government is saying do not go to Acapulco. I mean, Acapulco. Acapulco is a very dangerous city statistically. It's More insane. so than even a Miami. So are you saying then... You know, again, a legal disclaimer, we're not endorsing traveling to Mexico under any circumstances, nor are we saying you shouldn't. I don't want to be sued by like Mexico. Like I said, it's a, it's a family decision. It's, it, but is is the risk, I mean, is it legitimate in your opinion? Is it something that would affect your decision to go to Mexico in general, or is it strictly this area or that area? I would say any major tourist destination in Mexico is statistically as safe as any major city in the U.S. And so that's, you have to make a decision based upon the government warnings. The government, because that's always the thing to me. The reason I will not go to like Cuba or, or of course, North Korea is something bad happens, you get no sympathy. You know, as far as I'm concerned, it's going to be a, well, you were warned and you shouldn't have gone. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more to Tony Swerzak about uh, travel. We're going to talk about habitation furnishing and design, and we're going to finish our second round of cocktails with Jordan Morris. Nummy. But it's so much nicer, yes, it's so much nicer to come home. It's very nice to just wander. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coop. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. 
Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and designed jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. Hi, Gregory Rich, host of Drink in the Style, right here on AM 950. If you're a small business owner like me, I know you're buried in paperwork. State tax filing, sales tax, property tax, insurance, it never ends. But what about payroll? I'd like to recommend ADP. ADP can handle all of your payroll needs, ranging from direct deposit to unemployment insurance. And they've got great local representatives as well. Why don't you give my rep, Shelby Loga, a call at 320-420-0900. The Spring St. Paul Art Crawl, presented by the St. Paul Art Collective, will be running April 27th, 28th, and 29th. This is a must-do experience that you will love. Over the weekend, you'll have the chance to explore a wide variety of art while touring through local artist studios, lofts, and galleries. Hosting over 350 artists, up for purchase will be paintings, photography, pottery, sculpture, fiber arts, and more. The Art Crawl sprawls over 34 locations. Join the Art Crawl and discover outstanding art for you to own. When you buy local art, you're providing to artists so that they may continue to create the art we love. The Metro Transit is supporting the local art community with free transit passes. Download your pass to ride buses and light rail for free during the Art Crawl. Be sure to get details at thestatepaulartcrawl.org. That's thestatepaulartcrawl.org. Welcome back to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design. Oh, we've reached the final segment of the show, and if you've enjoyed our program, I encourage you to visit us online at drinkinthestyle.com. Brett just smiled at that slight trip. Sorry, we are now on our second Kaiperinha cocktail, which is made with, once again... Kashasa. Kashasa. Kashasa, yes. Excellent. All right. The drunken ramblings of the radio uh, guests. Um, so uh, visit us, though, on uh, drinkinthestyle.com, where you can download or subscribe to our podcast, as well as find the recipe for the Kaiparina made with Kashasa. Uh, and any of the cocktails that we have featured in previous episodes. It would also be great if somebody stopped on board. Leave a comment or two with the program. Let us know what you're thinking. Um, it would be uh, it would be uh, a great joy to hear from our listeners. So, this week, we are launching a new segment, the Habitation Journal. Here's the deal. Uh, as you know, Habitation Furnishing and Design on Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park is moving to a new location about a mile away from where it is right now. The new location on uh, Excelsior, or the current location on Excelsior Boulevard, is becoming an outlet for habitation overstocks as well as trade-ins and consignment and such. And that's going to be called, or is called, Designer Rehab, uh, which, again, given the obvious theme in my life, Designer Rehab was a no-brainer. In fact, Jordan, do you know the, uh, the, the tagline for Designer Rehab? No, please share. Uh, because it is uh, a combination of overstocks, but also consignment and, and gently used furniture, designer rehab, it's just a matter of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Yeah, I know. Sorry. I can't help myself. Anyway, um, uh, so trade-ins, consignments, and such are going to be uh, over at Designer Rehab. Um, the top of our agenda, though, as we are building out the new habitation furnishing and design location on West Lake Street in St. Louis Park, uh, is to uh, completely gut the property and build a design center from the ground up. I have gone through a build-out on a property like this before, and I know that no matter how careful you are or how much you plan, nonsense ensues. Uh, So, I'm going to start something new. This is going to be called the Habitation Journal, updating listeners on the progress and setbacks 
and giving me a chance to vent when necessary as we go through what should probably be about a three-month build-out process. I'm going to try to keep the expletives out of this. I'm going to do my best to make this kind of interesting, but uh, uh, not too drony. So here we go. We're going to start an audio log, a radio blog, a rublog. Should I trademark that? I don't think so. No, not rog. A rog? rog. We're not going to... Tony? Blog is good. Like Spaceballs, half man, half dog. Isn't that just essentially a podcast? Wow. (laughs) Nicely done, Brett. Good point. Yes. (laughs) All right. So a podcast journal that we are going to be creating for the build-out of the new Habitation's uh, uh, location. All right. Here we go. Habitation Furnishing and Design Journal Entry Week 1. After finally closing on the Lake Street property, Lapizio Construction has begun the demolition. The demolition permit process with the city of St. Louis Park wasn't terrible. About four days from application to approval, contractor Gino Lapizio enjoyed a dead mouse shower when pulling down part of the existing ceiling. The furniture business is not easy, but at least I've never been pelted with dead rodents. The building should be gutted this week. We'll be able to see if there are any surprises, hidden beams, substantial roof repair, walls that are best left in place. Once done, we'll begin the full floor planning process, selecting the vendors who will be on the showroom floor versus the vendors who are only represented in the library. The biggest concern right now is how much damage did the seller's broker do by needlessly dragging the pro- the process out an extra two months? Uh, legal uh, uh, nonsense possibly to ensue hereafter. We've moved an er- we've moved from an early spring build out when contractors are looking to work. Uh, uh, we're blah. I'm sorry, going back. We've moved from an early spring build-out when contractors are looking for work to a late spring, early summer project when we have to compete for labor. This is going to push up costs about 20%. Or can we find alternatives? The next few weeks will tell. All right, there it was. That was the uh, the habitation law. Uh, uh, very good, very good. I like that. Did it work? Yeah, I'm up to date. I know what's going on. You caught my attention with the dead mouse shower, too. Was, Can uh, you imagine? <laughs> he pulled down one of the tiles, he said, and like three or four dead mouse carcasses came falling out, hit him right in the head. That's 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 nasty. I'm sure when, when you open the new location, um, this will all be cleaned up by then. It'll all be gone. Don't worry. I don't know. Maybe we should have saved one of the dead mice and made it like a raffle giveaway or something. Like the a, question would be, would you... Would you prefer the dead mice or the tarantula falling on your head, though? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is a good question. Yeah, I'm going with dead mouse. Pretty much dead mouse. Everything other than a snake falling on my head would outrank a tarantula. All right, so here we are in segment four. This is where we like to open the discussion up to the guest uh, and turn the tables a bit Uh-oh. and allow Tony Swerzak to ask whatever question he might have of me or the business or just about anything else that the FCC might find acceptable. Tony Swerzak, take it away. Well, you know, I find Ottomans fascinating. <laughs> you are obsessed by Ottomans. And I, I also find the Ottoman Empire fascinating so <laughs> if you true. ever get the chance go to istanbul it's one of the greatest cities in the world but i'd like to ask you greg is what's your fla- favorite global architecture my favorite global architecture it's an interesting question isn't it so i'm stalling for time i mean look i'm eurocentric i went to graduate school to teach european history um i i i love pretty much all things Europe. I'm doing my last 10 years in Minnesota before my wife, Christina, and I can can retire and move to Italy or Southern... Yeah, flee. (laughs) Exactly right. Uh, Or or Southern France or something like that. So I do love European architecture, and I can't help the fact that I still love classical architecture. I love Greek columns, Ionic, Doric, Corinthian. It's It's the search for big stone things. It is. The whole, this is a conversation that Tony and I this have had. This back probably past. 20 years ago. The big stone things. The point in life, to a great extent, is seeing big stone things. If you think about it, mountains, as we talked about, hill walking and climbing. Or the lack of big stone things, like the Grand Canyon. 
it all comes down to BSTs, big stone things. Pyramids, top of the list, Great Wall of China. It's big the stone Acropolis. things. Jordan, there. How many have you seen enough big stone things? Not nearly enough in my life. All right. Well, that's what you need to put on your... You don't need a bucket list. You need a big stone thing list. Exactly. Sure so that's that. where it goes. But you know what? It's probably... It's an interesting question that you've just raised, and that is you know, my favorite form of architecture, and it goes back to Europe. I love classical, but I just love seeing things deteriorate. Isn't that weird? I love, you know, the in, the post-industrial look as it currently stands. Uh, you know, a brick wall. A little wall. grit. Like I said earlier, you like a little grit. It's all about grit. Grit is the big thing right now. Who wants to stay at a Four Seasons all the time? Well, I like Four Seasons. I know, but who wants to stay at one all the time? Never it's, all the time. It's hard to fake that kind of character. Yeah, it's, it, it is true. It is true. But if you're going to try to do it, we have some great designers who can help you create that whole kind of worn-in post-industrial look. They can add grit, but keep it clean. <laughs> Sterile grit. <laughs> Sterile grit. All right, so that's my answer to that question, is European dilapidated architecture. That which was great and has fallen into disuse and disrepair is what really, really speaks to me. What else have you got, Tony? So I got a question, I guess. Uh, you know, I already know the answer to this, probably. And I, it's one of my favorite travel quotes, but it's probably more of a life quote. But uh, would you rather eat at a bar or drink at a table? Oh, I love that. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. Yeah, it's the question. That's eat at a bar or drink at a table. Uh, I would I would rather eat at a bar. I like it's the only the bar. answer. <laughs> there was a right answer on this? There's only one answer. <laughs> Sitting at a table. Jordan, you're in the restaurant business. Yep. What are your thoughts on a single person at a table drinking or eating alone? What are your your thoughts? I, I love being up at the bar. I mean my, my background is in the in the kitchen, but you know, as I've I've grown in the in the restaurant industry, I, I love that idea of being able to interact with guests up at the bar and there's this, this whole interaction and when someone actually goes to eat at the bar, it gets really personal too, even beyond the cocktail. And it's it's crazy to me these days. I still get the question when guests walk in, like, do you serve food up at the bar? I'm like, well, of course we do. Why wouldn't I let you eat at the bar? Who doesn't let you eat up at the bar? Only Where are these I places? Eat. Stop going there. Because we'll take care of you here. But uh, yeah, I think a bartender who can who can sell you some good food and and keep yeah. you. All right, there it is. The answer has been passed on drinking the style. The answer is eat at the bar. End of story. All right. Well, that's all the time we have this week. I'd like to thank our guest, Tony Swerzak from GoTrav. Tony, if people want to contact you and learn more about GoTrav and vacationing in some of these awesome places we've talked about, how do they find you? I would say the easiest way is to drop me a line at Tony at go-trav.com. Can I give my phone number? I'm certainly willing to do that. Go right ahead. 612-306-6969. <laughs> Sorry, I had that number a long time. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. All right, on behalf of our mixologist, Jordan Morris, and the entire team at both Habitation and Designer Rehab, I'd like to wish you a good coming week and remind you that, in the words of Dean Martin, if you drink, don't drive, don't even putt. I'm Gregory Rich. Thank you for spending the hour with me, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you next Sunday, or even better, seeing you at the Habitation Showroom in St. Louis Park. Tell you why the day is sunny I'm in love with lips of honey Will you see the way she walks Hey brother, pour the wine <laughs>